welcome to Walking on the Wild Side, a podcast dedicated to exploring the flora and fauna of the Southeast and instilling in you, our listeners, an appreciation and admiration for the beauty and diversity of our natural resources. As always, I'm with my wife, Gabrielle, who through all of our adventures has become quite the naturalist herself. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to Walking on the Wild Side. Um, more like walking on the cold oh, side. Oh, it is burr. Welcome to Saks Zim Bog in northern Minnesota yes. in February. What are we thinking? When we went to get in the car this morning, um, right at dawn, the sun was just starting to come up, which, yep. hello, spectacular sunrise this morning. Oh my Holy gosh. cow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was negative 27 degrees. Negative. Let that sink in. Negatory. That's uh, cold. I don't care where you're from. Those people that say, well, once it gets to a certain point, it can't get any colder. Yeah, no. Yeah, we got out and walked today. We did about a just a little hike out to a little viewing area and back. Oh it was maybe God. a half mile total. And by the time we got back, like the hair of that was exposed from <laughs> under the hat was frozen. I literally had, frozen. I had ice hanging on my on my hair, and my beard was frozen. Yes, it was. And um, and so so we're here looking at birds. That's the biggest thing we're here. We're also looking for and mammals and anything we can yeah, see. Yeah, anything we can see. But our main focus are, are birds. There's a lot of new stuff up here that I know I've never up. seen. New habitats. Yeah. Um. I, so. So this place is called Saks Zimbog, and it's it's renowned for its uh, boreal species. These are species that live far up north, and uh, and the crazy thing is, the habitat up here is aspen, maple, uh, white birch, paper birch, I think, um, that we're seeing up here, and then also black mm-hmm. spruce and tamarack, and bogs. Now. You think of bogs as being little wet spots. There ain't nothing wet up here. It's, it's all, all frozen. It's frozen solid. <laughs> so, uh, but the reason we're up here is because this is a place where you see boreal species. And mainly, the one I want to see mainly, and the reason we want to come up here, is great gray owls. Yes, the but ghost also, of the north. Oh, my God, the gray ghost of the north. Yeah. Strix nebulosa. What a great name because if you've ever seen their camouflage, they blend in perfectly. So they are spectacular. And we're yeah. also looking at things like boreal chickadee, um, northern hawk owl. We saw... Uh, um, uh, you know, we're looking for all those kind of birds. That's why we came up here. That's what we're looking for. Pine martin pine, ermine. Pine grosbeak. Pine grosbeaks. Evening grosbeaks. Evening grosbeaks. Yeah. So we're looking, we're yeah. looking for all those things. And, and today was our first day. Yes. And what a day. Oh, my God. I can't tell you guys. So we, we just had... We're going to podcast... We've got three days up here, so we're going to podcast again tomorrow uh, as well on our second day. But our first day couldn't have started off any better. The, yeah. the bad thing about it was it was minus 26. Yeah. So so it was funny when we were coming up here, um, I, told, I, I said to you, I just I have a good feeling about this trip. Like <laughs> on the way we flew into uh, Minneapolis and drove up here to Saxon-Bogg. And on the way up here, we weren't even in the car an hour, yeah. and we saw bald eagle. Yeah, flew right above us. And then we also saw a rough-legged hawk. Yeah, and I told cool. you, I'm like, I just have a good feeling. We got some good karma, some good mojo going on with this Well, trip. I think it was a premonition because um, not only did we see some good stuff today, the lighting was spectacular. Because remember, yes. it was supposed to be yes. socked in cloudy, and it really did. It was partly cloudy most of the day. Um, yeah. But, our, you know, so the property up here was amazing. It's about 300 square miles, 
And there's a group called the Friends of Sax Zim Bog that does a great job of maintaining the bog and stuff. And they have these bird feeding stations set out at many different places across. And you go there and look for them. And they do put out things like black oil sunflower seed. Uh, they smear peanut butter in holes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So you get a lot of birds, woodpeckers, things like that. Yes. And so right off the bat, a couple of the feeders that we we saw, we saw the spectacularly mm-hmm. colored uh, evening gross beak. Oh my gosh. And the pine gross beak. And the pine gross. Together. Yes. And we saw them in some spruce trees. Yep. And it reminded me of a Christmas tree. <laughs> that was so spot on. I mean, called so cool. So, if you've never seen Evening Grows Beak, it's a pretty good sized bird with a with a large whitish, pale yellow bill, and it's got black and yellow and kind of a, a, a blending of brownish yellow. I mean, just a beautiful, beautiful colored bird that just stood out against the green of the spruces and the white of the snow. And and just quickly, we we have snow, guys. They they probably had snow since. October, yeah, sure but it's, a, it's about a foot and a half to two feet up here now. Yeah. Uh, and, and it hasn't snowed today, so they, that snow has been on the ground, just been accumulating. Roads are in great shape, so we're driving everywhere. Describe that pine gross beak. Oh, my gosh. He was... So the one thing that I, I noticed in general, um, not just about that bird, but pretty much everything up here is it's they're big. And that's a theory. Uh, that that's one of the things they say that further north you go, the bigger the species are because of surface area, things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these gross beaks are big. But what color was that pine gross beak? Kind of a purpley, pinky red, like a raspberry. Yeah, that's a good yeah good call. I think for me, seeing that growth because it's all over raspberry. It's not like our purple finch, and it's not like our uh, house finches that we see in South Carolina. It's it's a big bird, but it's all over pink. And then the other yeah. thing that I thought was cool is the female. Is grayish, but she's got some olive greenish coloring mm-hmm. on her that makes her spectacular in her own right. And then compare that to the brilliant yellow. Yes. My gosh, that was brilliant yellow. You're talking about of the evening gross beak? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, well, the thing about the evening gross beak is, is they just had patches, like well defined patches of color. Then they also had some graduations. Of color that goes from like yellow to an olive green to a gray, just, they were just and, and the yellow eyebrows. Yeah, I mean, what a beautiful bird. Yeah. So, so that was spectacular. And of course, we see black capped chickadees up here, not Carolina chickadees. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a chance, and we did see one, a boreal chickadee. Yeah. That instead of having a top black cap, he's got a chocolate brown cap, mm-hmm. and that's a pretty uncommon bird even up here in northern Minnesota. And we got to see my favorite woodpecker. Yeah. The little downy woodpecker. Yeah, but you also and got to see the other one. Larger cousin, the hairy. Yes, woodpecker. and and seeing them side by side, it's easy to tell the well, difference. But yeah. seeing them by themselves, it's, it's a little harder. Right. But seeing them together like that, like we saw, was spectacular. The other stuff we saw, of course, we we saw a a flock of red poles that flew by real fast. We saw snow buntings, mm-hmm. but. You know, we, we when we first drove out, we drove up County Road 7, and we saw a few cars pulled off inside the road, and way, way in the distance, we got to see a northern hawk owl. Yeah. Wasn't that cool? That was very cool. And you Well, know, we thought that was very cool, and it was. Yeah, but we thought that was about the only chance we were going to get to see it. So Later that day. Yeah, we left uh, We we left the, the feeders, and I told Gabriel, I said, yeah, I want to go down this way. And I, you remember I said, just in case that hawk owl has come back to that snag, because there's another place that they've been seeing that hawk owl, and he was probably about 150 yards away in a snag if he was going to that same snag. 
and we saw two cars, and what did we see? Y'all. Oh, my gosh. One of one of those, I just, I can't even describe the feeling. Oh, I can't either. Literally in some scrub about maybe 30 to 50 feet off the road. Tops. Yeah, tops. tops. Yeah. And not high up. We're probably talking about eight feet off the ground. Yeah, he was almost eye level from yeah. where we were on the roadbed. Yep, he sure was. And it was that that northern hawk owl. And guys, he sat there, there oh and then Lord. the clouds broke and the sun came through a little bit. And it, it and it was a, I I mean, it was just like an epiphany. I mean, just seeing that bird sitting there with the with not like, the sun shining on it, but much better light. And and yeah. we were looking at it, and then some other folks started coming and seeing it and stuff. And I told Gabriel, I said. I really don't want to push this bird. I, I don't. I don't want to stay here that much longer because all these people. I said I want to go. And so then, I, I and turned around and left, and I yeah. looked back, and she's still there looking at the bird. <laughs> I'm thinking in my mind. I'm like, this is probably the only time in my life that I will get the chance to see this bird, and I am gonna drink in every possible second. Yeah, and and so we we stood there for a few more minutes, and then I was gonna go back to the car, and the bird shifted. When I got back to the car, he shifted and turned and faced us. Mm-hmm. Instead of just looking at us, he was looking at us over his shoulder to start with. Then he turned and faced us. So I went back with Gabriel and I stood there for a little bit. And then this van of birders came out. Right. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so many people. Surely that bird's going to fly off. And he fidgeted a little bit. And I thought, well, that's it. He's going to be heading on. Then what did he do? Yo, he he took off and kind of swooped toward down us. towards the ground. Yeah, came towards us. Swooped down towards the ground and up and did this acrobatic mid-air like somersault twist and yeah. went sideways, dove down and came up with a, a vole. vole into the snow. Into the snow. Like not even up. 10 feet oh in front God. of people. And then he flew back up into the, the same perch and started to devour this mole. Yeah. Like within, what, a minute? Yeah, it was. It was gone. The head was ripped off, entrails were pulled out, and then he swallowed the rest of it and it was done. Yeah. And we got he pictures. He was hungry. All over. We got pictures all over. It was one of those things where you're watching it and you're like, did I just see that? Did I really just see what I think I saw? Yeah, you know, it's one thing to see a northern hawk owl. It's another thing to see one up close. It's another thing to get him to sit there and pose for pictures. But seriously, drop down and hunt and grab a vole and then eat it in front of us? I mean, the only other thing he could have done was perch on the camera and go, hi, I'm a northern hawk owl. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it couldn't get any better yeah. than that. That was absolutely incredible. I mean, and talk you, about being in the right place at the right time. Yes, and and you said at that point, you said that that's probably a, the mic drop moment for the day. Yes. So we was. we decided to go to the visitor center where Clinton was there. Clinton is a naturalist there for the uh, for the welcome center. He was fantastic. All the staff there was fantastic. Yeah. And they were telling us about all kinds of different things. That's where the ermine has been being seen and a lot of other birds, and they, they gave us some hints as to other places to look and stuff. And we spent about 45 minutes there. We went for mm -hmm. a hike and came back looking. We saw a gray jay. You know, we saw a couple of gray yeah. jays, which is a great bird, too. Uh, but then on the way driving out, we decided to to turn around and drive back the other way. And we were yeah. driving back the other way. Because there were some feeders that they had out there. Yeah, and, and we, we were searching for... uh feeders a little bit. Yeah, and we were searching at that point in that time of day, we were starting to look exclusively for great gray owls, mm -hmm. right? And so we're driving along, and I look up in the tree, and I see something. I told Gabrielle, I said, oh, my God. And she goes, what, a great gray? I said, no. I said, it's a porcupine. She said, what? I said, yeah, it's a porcupine. She said, are you sure? And I'm like, I've, I've never seen one, but, yeah, I think that was one. 
And we backed up, and sure enough, it was a dang porcupine in the tree. He was so cute. He was just a gnawing on the spruce tips, and just I'm just oh my gosh, he was. I I think I got some good pictures of him, but just I've never seen a porcupine before, and it was he was the size of a basketball up in that tree, and you can see that tail with all those quills. You see that tail dangling down, but y'all, what a beautiful animal. And neither one of us have ever seen a porcupine in the wild. No, no, not at all. And and I, I tell you what, guys, they are not the flashiest mammal. Uh, they're not fast. And he, he moved a total of five feet in about an hour, <laughs> um, chowing down and stuff like that. But what, and, and the hawk owl was icing on the cake. Well, then the porcupine was probably the candles on the icing on the cake or the sprinkles on the icing on the cake. Yes. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for our first day here at Sax Zimbog. Boy, I tell you what, if this is any indication yes. of what the rest of the days are going to be like, it's going to be spectacular. I'm hoping tomorrow maybe we can see an ermine or, an, or a pine martin or both. I, I just, you know me, maybe I just want to see a, I want to see that elusive great gray But owl. I'll tell you what, even if we don't, mm-hmm. this has already been... A lifetime trip. And it's been it's been lifetime it's trip. been a worthwhile trip, no doubt about it. So uh, so yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and call tonight, and we will actually hook up with you guys tomorrow tomorrow for our second part of our podcast, and hopefully you guys will be anticipating what we see as much as we're anticipating seeing it ourselves. So that's right. Thank you guys from Northern Minnesota, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night. All right. To our final evening in Minnesota in the Sax Zimbog. Yep, Sax Zimbog it is, and and this is our last night, and uh, we've had a couple of days of touring around the bog and and seeing a bunch of different stuff, huh? Yeah, it's been really cool. We've seen a lot of neat new things. We have, I think, for me, one of the most exciting things that we get a chance to do by coming up all the way in Minnesota is seeing something completely different than we see mm-hmm. in South Carolina. And yeah. so I was pretty excited about that. And uh, and we have seen a lot of cool things now. We're not going to lie to you. We did get skunked on great gray owls. We did. You know, but not nobody was seeing great gray owls up no. here for this trip. So, you know, you got to save something for our next trip. That when just we come means up. we got to come back. That's, That's right. right. So one of the things that we did see today that I thought was really exciting, you know, I think to recap what we saw last time, we saw northern hawk owl, which was fantastic. And we saw a porcupine, right? Yeah, we did. That was pretty cool. Well, this this couple last couple of days, we've had a bunch of different birds and stuff that we haven't seen that I was really excited to see. One of my favorites that we saw was the Canada Jay or the Gray Jay. Yeah, he was really cool. Man, beautiful bird. We saw bird. a bunch of those. We did, and kind of a long tail, kind of a grayish color with a white patch on its forehead. Just a, a really beautiful bird, but a member of the, believe it or not, of the crow family, the mm-hmm. Corvid family, like a jay and like a crow. They're very smart. And these yes. guys are they're they're also called a whiskey jack or camp robber, and they're called camp robbers because they love to kind of set up shop around people's camps, and they they kind of act almost tame, mm-hmm. but they steal food. And one of the cool facts about these little guys is they steal food and they cache food for the winter. So they they live up here, which is I don't think anybody would deny this is what would be considered inhospitable cold temperatures for a lot of wildlife. Mm, yeah. But some birds, to escape that cold, what do they do? They go further south. They, they migrate. Yeah, yeah, so they migrate. Well, this guy doesn't migrate. So what he does is to make sure he's got enough food 
he caches that food. But he does it in a unique way. He doesn't just grab food and hide it. He mixes it with his saliva from special salivary glands and makes a little ball and then tucks that ball away. It's almost like little little balls of pemmican <laughs> that, he, uh, that he tucks in crevices behind bark and things like that. So I thought I was pretty nifty about that bird. But yeah. just seeing him, just seeing how pretty he was, I think it was pretty cool. Yeah, another another one of those crazy things that we saw we didn't expect to see, kind of like the porcupine. Mm-hmm. That snowshoe hare that darted out in the oh, road. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. Holy cow, was he fast or what? I think his legs maybe hit the road three times. Hey, you know, and, and you said something that night. You said, why, well, he kind of reminds me of Bugs Bunny. But you know, with mm-hmm. those big feet and big ears, he did kind of remind me of Bugs Bunny. He but really did. Boy, he was moving. And those big feet, of course, are great for moving around the snow. And right now here in Minnesota, there's about two feet of snow on the ground. Yeah. So he has to run on top of that snow to get away from predators like bobcats, you know, wolves, foxes, coyotes, things like that. And boy, he can boogie pretty good. Another cool mammal we saw, we don't have really in South Carolina, are those little red squirrels. They were so cute. My gosh, they are so fast. Yes, they were. So the the cool thing about, you know, when you think of a squirrel, you usually think of them eating nuts, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this little guy, not only does he eat nuts, but, you know, he's also been known to rob nest of eggs and actually even eat the little small hatchlings in the nest sometimes Mm -hmm. too. So they, even though they eat a lot of nuts and things like that, they can kind of catch and eat insects occasionally. And they can also catch and eat, of course, hatchlings and, and steal eggs and stuff like that, which is something not a lot of people know about, you know, squirrels, for crying right, out loud. Right. And it, what is crazy is, you know, we talked about the red squirrel, mm-hmm. the snowshoe hare, talked about the northern hawk owl, porcupine, all those animals and birds are boreal species. They all kind of occur in the extreme north, northwest, northeast of the United States and into Canada. Mm-hmm. One of the little birds that we saw today is definitely a boreal bird. It says so in his name, too. Yeah. They're found even above Canada. So to even see them here was really kind of cool. Yeah, and a lot of people were really excited. Oh my gosh, there were a lot of people him. excited. Mm-hmm. And we were excited because we saw them, but we also got some great photos that we'll share. But it's it's called a boreal chickadee. So in South Carolina, we get Carolina chickadees, which is a little small bird, kind of a grayish back, got a little bit of peach coloring, you know, uh, on his sides. Got a yeah. black cap and a black throat. Well, up here they have black cap chickadees, which are a little bit bigger. But otherwise than that, mostly indiscernible from the Carolina chickadee. And they can be kind of difficult to tell apart in areas where their ranges overlap. But mm-hmm. that boreal chickadee, no mistaking him. He does yeah. have the black throat, but he's got a chocolate brown cap. Yes. And also got some other peachish kind of rufous yeah. coloring on him as well. On his chest. And, but boy, yeah. what a beautiful, cute little bird that was. And he would. it was funny because all the other chickadees, and just like typical chickadees, they're all curious. Right. Well, all these chickadees were running around, flitting around. And I mean, we were standing there with a camera. We had chickadees flying between the legs of my tripod, right up over mm-hmm. our head and all kinds of stuff like that. This little boreal chickadee, almost like clockwork every 20, 30 minutes. Yes. He'd fly in, take about a couple minutes and feed and then fly back Off out. Off you go. And so we were fortunate enough to see him at a couple of the places. And, and this whole area in Saxon they have little bird feeding stations set up all throughout the bog. So it's kind of fun to drive around and check all these different stations. You never know what you're going to see. 
uh, when you when you see those guys, you know, flitting around and stuff. The other thing we saw that we don't see in South Carolina, and I know this is kind of bird heavy, but that's just the way it was. It was a birding trip for us. Yeah. The magpie. Yes. You know, those black-billed magpies are, are out west. You know, they're very curious and they're very tame. They'll come right up to you and you can see them out here. They're very skittish. Yeah, we didn't get even a chance to fire off a photo of them. No, we didn't was, even get close to them. Mm-mm. Well, it's funny because uh, they hang around farms and stuff like that out here. The other thing they do is they feed on carcasses. And that's where we saw a few of our other species that I thought was fantastic, too, was we mm-hmm. saw the deer carcass that was on the side of the road, bald eagle, ravens. Yep. And these ravens were almost as big as that bald eagle. Yeah. They were huge. And, of course, the magpies. So all that kind of stuff we saw. And so... You know, if you look at that, you look at the snowshoe here and you look at all the stuff. So even though we didn't see a great gray owl on this trip, and we probably can come back and try to find ermine and also try to find pine marten too. Yeah, because we missed out on those little guys too. But all in all, what a trip. Fantastic. And to really kind of uh, kind of top the trip is you got to, you got to <laughs> see someone. I sure did. I connected with an old high school friend of mine. So shout out to Stacy and John Wesley. And they were in, what was the name of the little town? Uh, Hibbing. Hibbing. So we were driving to meet them at a cool little restaurant that was there. We were driving to meet them and we passed by a little thing that said, you know, uh, Bob Dylan Road. Bob or Dylan Way. Bob Dylan Way. And I'm like, why? And, and then there was a, a statue and then a plaque that was talking about Bob Dylan's Nobel Peace Prize and stuff. So we were chatting at dinner and, and Stacy told us, that Bob Dylan was born there. Yeah. So had which, no clue. No, and, and, and she shared a lot of facts about Minnesota and that little special little part of town, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Not only is the home of Bob Dylan, it is also the, the site of the largest open pit ore mining. Yeah. And that really kind of answered our question because there were a lot of trains. A lot of trains. And the trains you'll, kept hauling you'll these. To, you'll have to post that picture Oh, that, I will. Or the video, the video. It was funny because it was negative 20-something degrees, 30 oh degrees, God. whatever it was, so doggone cold, yeah. it wasn't even funny. But the train went by, and all the cars that were carrying some material, we thought it was mulch or something like that, it was steaming and spoken so much that it actually occluded the highway. And Stacy yeah. told us it was actually iron ore that had just been uh, fired. Yeah. Right? And and uh, I guess um, burned off purified or whatever like that mm-hmm. into little pellets that actually shipped to was Lake Superior to be loaded um, up and taken to Cleveland yeah. or taken to, taken uh, to Ohio to make steel. steel. Mm-hmm. So we saw all that. So she explained that. And then we started talking about a whole bunch of other things and stuff and uh, didn't realize that it was also that little town was actually the home of Greyhound. Yeah, Greyhound so, bus service. So a little little history lesson as well with some great information that she shared. And uh, and we got to share a lot of the stuff with, that we found out and that we discovered here that they didn't know about. So I think we made a fan of, of them for, you know, Sack Zimbog, and they're going to go check that out. So it just kind of lets you know, just like we all discussed, sometimes we take everything for granted that we have in our own backyard. Yeah. But we all have special things. You just got to get out there and look. And you know what? That turned out to be a great trip. And, and we're trying to help everyone understand and learn what's in their own backyards. But you're never really going to find out what's in your own backyard unless you're outside walking, walking on, on the, the wild, wild side. side.